Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we're talking about Dunkirk. Dunkirk! We just saw it. We did just see it. In IMAX. Uh, 70 millimeter film. It's pretty awesome. It was uh, like the spectacle of a seventy full-on IMAX 70 millimeter film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We will get into that a little bit later. We will. Um, Chris. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? So I'm trying to think about what I did over the weekend. This it was your birthday this past weekend. It was in fact my yes. birthday. I haven't done a ton um, other than uh, we played some uh, Destiny Two. Huh? Last night. Yes, we did. And uh, we played the uh, the bait the beta. The beta. Ba- and then the burp happens. Yeah. The beta. The beta. Um. And uh, so that's really like the only. I mean, I, I've been. Yeah, like it's just. I feel like it's been a whirlwind. Like it does not feel like that was a week ago. Last time we talked. So it was though. Like it's weird. It's it was uh it was Thursday last week. We we did the podcast. But yeah, I agree. Where it feels like we had like a half a week almost. Yeah. Um. We had family in town over the weekend for my birthday, that sort of thing, and so like that, you know, some some time was taken up there. Yeah. I mean, it's been a it's been a bit of a whirlwind. So Chris, so, yeah, Destiny Two though. Yep. We both played. Yep. Destiny 2, and, and basically everything that the beta had to offer? Well, yeah, the, so like what I played was, so I, we jumped in, uh, I played through the, uh, I guess, is it one story mission or two story missions? Basically, uh, so, okay. and I think they've chopped so some things check up this, here. Though. here uh, this, though. That was a good point. That was a really good good point, because I did, the, like, I was like, okay, so I, we had friends on, like, Fultron was on, and Joel, yeah. who's been on the podcast, was on, and so I was, like, waiting to, like, party up with them, yeah. and I was like, yeah. okay, let me get get this first mission out of the way, yeah. so I can then party up with them, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, the first half of that mission ends, the cutscene rolls, and then I hit a loading screen, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go use the restroom real quick, and then I'm gonna come back and jump in with them. Yeah. I went and used the restroom, came back, and... I was still in a mission. Like it loaded me into like, <laughs> like the second half of that mission. Apparently did you like leave in a cutscene or something? No, it wasn't during a cutscene. It was like, it was a black loading screen. I was okay. like, all right, okay. so I'm going back to orbit. This is like, that was yeah. it. That was all the beta, you know? Um, and then, but like, it was hilarious. Cause I was like, yeah. So maybe it's, it's, yeah, anyway. it's kind of like uh, two pieces of two different missions, like yeah. or a, a piece of two different missions. And so, uh, did that with my hunter. Um, Got to try out a new exotic. It was a hand cannon. It was pretty yeah. cool. Um, I uh, got to try out like the way that the kinetic slots work with the um, elemental slot and the uh, not heavy. It's not called heavy anymore. It's called power oh, power, power weapon, weapon yeah. slot. Um, so like figured that out. Then we jumped into the uh, the strike. Um, I had a tons of, tons of problems connecting to that. Yeah. Um, finally, got through the strike, which was uh, which was cool. Um, then we did a lot of uh, multiplayer. Um, new one, new mode. Do you remember what that's called? Uh, Can you look that up? I'll look it up here. Okay. New mode. Tried that. Um, connected to. Uh, uh, um, I keep on uh, control and uh, did a bunch of rounds of that. I had a bunch of connection problems again. 
Um, I think it's just the beta, the nature of the beta. I would hope so because like, and it was specifically you yeah. that kept getting like kicked and like yeah. it was it was very strange. Like to the point where like we couldn't see each other at some point, right? Like where like or or Fultron could see us, yeah, we but couldn't we see couldn't him. see him, and then I could see him, but then you were way across the map and we yeah. couldn't see you, and there weird. was no enemies spawning. I was thinking, so we were uh, we were kind of like. Um, rushing to get to the theater or whatever and so i i felt like whenever you got into the theater you might might text me and be like oh man where are you at oh gosh and i thought i would be like i'm sitting right next to you i can totally see you and like because because <laughs> the weirdness of how that would be in real life yeah. where like one person can see everyone well, what was but, weird was so yeah. whenever i came into the theater tonight this is a side side note came into the theater tonight dd had texted me and said hey i'm going in with john and <laughs> and I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. cool, cool. And I get in there and like, well, neither one of them are here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know where they're at. It was really funny because we saw you like sprint in because oh, I was really? waiting for my pizza because ah. I hadn't eaten or anything. So like I was waiting for the pizza to pop Did up. Did you see me come in like to the ticket taker? Uh, so we saw you after the ticket taker like sprinting down the IMAX uh, yeah, hallway because yeah. it's kind of off into its own its yeah. own uh, own area here. Let me see. I'm trying to figure um, out what the uh, what that, that mode was. Yeah. So uh, as you look that up. So um, the... Uh, the first mission really like the first really like the, the missions like they seem they're way uh, very varied. Um, you have Ikora and um, uh, Zavala and um, what's his face Cade. Cade fighting along with you which is cool. There's NPCs there which is really cool. Um, I like the new like countdown the, is the name of that mode countdown. So we'll the the Cabal um, as enemies they've kind of revamped them. I like their new like. <laughs> Uh, mechanics for um, sure they they're have. still like pretty annoying with the shields and stuff like that yeah so the shield like if you shoot the middle of it the shield kind of like deflates like it goes away yeah and i was like okay so i understand from a like gameplay fun perspective you have to do that right but it seems mm-hmm. like a s- distinct downgrade from the shields that they had last game that were impenetrable right. to any bullets that we shot at them yeah um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, which I'm, I'm glad they've done all this because like, oh, yeah. the Cabal were the worst enemies last time. They were so hard. Definitely the least fun. Yeah, they were not fun at all. Um, the uh, um, the new types of Cabal. So there's like these uh, gladiators with these big like meat cleaver kind of swords um, that just like charge at you. Uh, there's like these. Uh, I mean, uh, like they're like almost dogs, but what are they called? Like lions, and I don't know. Like, uh, what are they called? Chris. have written all this down. Chris. This is the worst. The listeners are like, this is the worst description of this game. Um, so anyway, these dog kind of guys that come up and like attack the you. The beasts. Yeah. I don't know. And, uh, and so uh, I like, like the different types. Um, the... The missions, like, just there's just a lot happening, and the gunplay still feels really good. Um, I, I really like the way that the now uh, the the way the weapons work. I wasn't sure how, and I'm not sure how it's going to work in the final game. But right now, like, you, I thought you'd be able to swap weapons between your kinetic and energy slots. Mm. You can't right now, at least. Like, if you have a weapon and it's kinetic, it's kinetic. So, like, theoretically, this is the where I feel like there's there could be some confusion slash frustration is. There could be a kinetic version of this gun and a energy version of this gun. Unless you have to like, <laughs> this would be the worst. Unless you have to put it into your inventory and take it out and put it in a different slot or something. I don't That'd know. Be crazy. I mean, like, so that's where we get into with, with the uh, the raid weapons from the mm-hmm. le- final update of Destiny One, where you had like the version that was an exotic version. It had the elemental damage, yeah. And then you had the version that wasn't. So like, this is a little you different because right. it's not exotic. You know what I mean? Right, right. But you might be right. Whether you might have to get it twice. 
case, like a kinetic version yeah. and another version, or it would just show up in both places. I don't know. So one thing with the storytelling of that first mission before we move on to like you yeah. know, the strike or whatever, um, there was I noticed that this had way more development of the characters and like differences between the characters because mm-hmm. you've one situation, one thing happens here, yeah, and. The three main characters, Zavala and Ikora and Cade, they all do different things. And this is the first time in Destiny where any NPC character has like disagreed with each other on like really like how to how to handle a situation. Most of the time it's like, oh, this thing is definitively bad, go kill it. And, you know, then maybe there's a the Cade situations where like Cade will be like, oh, well, why don't we just smuggle this thing past you? Yeah, or whatever, I think, so. I, think I, I don't know if that's necessarily true, because like you always had like what was what was, what was her face that, with the hive? Um, oh, Aeris. Yeah, yeah, Aeris was always doing different things than what like Cade and Zavala necessarily went. That's so, like, true. That's yeah, true. I don't know if that's the difference. I think the main difference is actually having them in the game and like you're fighting alongside them. So they that's actually right. feel like. Rather than a voice in your ear, they actually feel like a real character in this space in this world, which yeah, is really for cool. Sure. And like if all the the missions are like this, where it's like you know, like you're jumping on a ship and like you're you're uh, you're dealing with like different places. Like I feel like we were moving from place to place so fast. It didn't feel like at all like we loaded into a. Uh, social space, and then we had the mission. Now the strike felt like that. The strike was more traditional um, destiny, in that you load into what seems yep. like a bigger public space, yeah, and you're you're battling it out here. Yep. Um, moving on to the strike, the strike though uh, introduces a lot of cool mechanics. Um, one of them being the the boss, like the way yeah. that it works, and it feels like there's like three different stages. It's a tra- more of a traditional boss. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, here's three different versions of stages of this boss. Yep. Um, and each piece felt unique, and I loved that. And it, and it felt like a mini raid almost, where it was yeah. like, hey, uh, okay, now you're doing some platforming. Um, now you're uh, fighting this enemy type. Now you're fighting this enemy type. Now you've got to fight enemies while this mine uh, or this uh, this is that what you call yeah, it? Yeah, I guess it would be like they're just mining the yeah. uh, the planet. Uh, well, that's spinning around. Yeah, and, like try to like not get caught up there. There's some interesting foreshadowing with like, oh, you know, what's the what's the the, the milk waterfalls, and then it's right. like you find out that that hurts you later on, you yeah, know, that yeah. sort of thing. So it's yeah, there's definitely some some interesting stuff going on within that that strike, yeah. which I loved the the fact that the different stages were vastly different from each other, but they also had like different modifiers. Mm-hmm. So like I was swapping my weapon loadout yep. between each one, like yeah. and it would give you like a moment yep. as you kind of drop down to the next level that I would swap yeah, things kind, out, kind of, yeah, a little bit, like the, yeah, like in terms of like the actual like gameplay mechanics, it still feels like it takes too long to get into your menu, like that. Yeah. That's still the same, which yeah. is unbelievably frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, swapping things out is not necessarily fast, which means getting heavy is not going to be fast unless they can, like... Man, the best thing that they could do is give you, like, a user-assignable button. Like, yeah, like a hot button. Down on the D-pad. <laughs> You know, burns a heavy. Yeah, let's you know, do away with like this. Uh, let's do away with my dance and let me just burn a heavy for there. For real. Or, or, you know, something. You know, the back <laughs> button. Whatever. I don't know. Two buttons at the same time. Well, they, they've just, like, now, well, they've now yeah. like, added, like, where you hold either hold B or, like, double tap B to do, like, different things. They could add those kinds of yeah. things. In. Anyway. Um, and, and so, like, that kind of still felt the same. Like, I think my biggest takeaway from the way that this feels is it still feels a lot like Destiny 1, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, as 
as long as it's the good parts of it, like the gunplay feels great. Yeah. Um, the guns feel good. Mm-hmm. They sound good. Um, the jumping is different, but it still feels good. It still I feel like feels the jumping solid. is a little bit better, like a little bit more yeah. controllable. Control. Yeah, it's a, like, little, a little quicker. Yeah, the, the fact that they put the uh, the platforming section in the strike yeah. was uh, very telling, I feel like, where they're yeah. like, okay, we're a little bit more confident in how you're going to be platforming yeah. this time. And it, so I liked that. It doesn't necessarily feel, uh, you know, feel, or I'm just going by feeling, it doesn't feel like a different game. Now, the way that it works, yes, that's different. And that's like, okay, how does this, that kind of goes back to, do you remember that launch video whenever they showed everything for the first time? And Luke mm-hmm. Smith was like, hey, well, we, we were like, well, we could either go, you know, with the uh, Taken King kind of route and release another expansion for Destiny Year One, or we could go, uh, with a numbered sequel, and his rationale was like, "It's like okay, it's, you can look at it two ways." Or he's like, "You know, with a numbered sequel, you'll get more people in." So you can either look at it as like, "Well, you, this is a cash grab," or they're trying to explain the payer, player base for you know you as a player. But in that kind of mindset, whenever they're like, "Oh, this could be this or could be this," that's where I think it's like, "Well, let's just copy paste main game." Mm-hmm. Now let's change some things. Well, and then, but not even like a copy paste. Like you think about. Um well, it's like you know gravity, how how gravity works. Right, in there, right, right, right. You know? the, the the mechanics, the physics, even a lot of like even the uh, the textures and like a lot of the environments and things like that. There are yeah. there are assets that are obviously is, the same. Yeah, this is just different from like where I feel like Bungie was with the Halo franchise, where yeah. Halo, every iteration of that game felt different, completely different. Yes. Yeah, yeah. In the way that the guns worked, like, yeah. In the way that the you know so like the gravity worked or jumping worked, controls were even the same like the same hand cannon from or uh, ha- like sidearm <laughs> yeah. from one game Halo two Halo three vastly different wildly different yeah this so, is more like the Call of Duty route right right and I do like so there's some there's something to the whole like let's hit the reset button yeah and not just do a, uh, a another expansion that sort of thing because like obviously it does away with the the infrastructure and things like that of the older thing that they probably built for the 360 and ps3 correct um, hopefully and, and, yeah hopefully because those restrictions were like the vault space and all that kind of stuff right but things like the menu speed whenever you load in i'm like why is this still terrible i agree i agree with that then so then the other side of this is that like other games that have done similar things where they're like okay well let's just change the change the, the thing yeah like World of Warcraft, like, like oh, let's bring another continent, let's blow up this one, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And they'll, like, do that. But, and, but that was in the form of an expansion. Whereas this, yeah. I feel like as a console game, this is the way you would do that type of a thing. It's like, yeah. okay, let's just let's hit the reset button on it, on the, the game, and then just move forward. Agreed. And, and, like, like, two things ran through my mind yesterday while I was playing through this. One, that comparison between... Um, Destiny and Call of Duty, where it's like, okay, yeah. this is like, okay, let's take take the mechanics and all like everything that kind of works and throw it over here and like add some new stuff in. Yeah. But then the new the way that they've put in new stuff feels like the difference between like and the story feels like the difference between like Titanfall and Titanfall Two. Yeah. Um, especially mm, in the story and especially in things like you know the fact that the jump works differently mm-hmm. or the guns. Um, the way that the guns work, like in terms of the elemental and kinetic and power, mm-hmm. you know, um, that all feels kind of Titanfall esque. Where it's like, it's it's familiar, but it's it's a pretty big shift in the way that you play this game. Right, and it's like it's going to take some sort of a of a learning curve to get really yeah, especially get for the, deep for with the, it for the strategic part of it. You know, because like for instance, like with the power weapons, mm-hmm. um, 
shotgun being a power weapon changes things drastically well, for me. Not only shotgun, but but sniper, because there's like several times where I'm like, man, I really like because there's snipers in the the strike. I'm like I really want to take these guys out, and I'm trying to shoot them first with my scout rifle. That's not working. Hand cannon, that's not working. Auto rifle, that's not working. How I either got to get up close with them, mm-hmm. or I've got to like somehow have some heavy ammo. I guess like hopefully there you can you can pop some heavy and burn yeah. a like a. I mean, they don't have that in the game right now, but you know what I mean? Yeah, Because, like, yeah, in yeah. order to use your just your your sniper that you're used to, like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of these guys, whip it out. Right. Well, you like, might not even have ammo for it. And I do find that, like, that, that setup allows me to use, um, like, different types of weapons. So, like, I rarely would use um, fusion rifles. Mm-hmm. But in this, I found myself, oh, I'm going to use a fusion rifle here. Because and, it's in the power? Yeah, because it's, like, because it's down there, and it's, like, well, it's better, like, it can go faster and kill things yeah. you know more effectively than a like the other option which yeah. is my rocket launcher or whatever or my my uh, i think it was a grenade launcher yeah and so i'm like oh, i'm just gonna do this gun that i i wouldn't normally do i also found myself swapping between like a pulse rifle with elemental damage yeah. and a auto rifle with a uh with normal kinetic damage yeah. and it's like that even that change where i'm like constantly going oh man this is gonna be good for my right. pulse rifle swap to that and this is my auto rifle you know and yeah. so it was uh i was swapping Swapping weapons more fluidly, yeah. but not I, fluidly. More, often. yeah, more often. But like even the, uh, even then, I would run out of ammo in something. Yeah, and I would have like one option left. Yeah, and I like I've heard some interviews where they're still talking about like ammo drops and like how often each version of the ammo drops and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I. Ran out of ammo in my in my kinetic yeah, you're more often than anything else. Me too. Um, and that's kind of why, like, uh, what's interesting, uh, like, I was kind of finding myself. I was like, okay, I load in with a high damage like output gun, like a quick damage. So, like, we're talking about um, auto rifles. I'm going to throw an auto rifle in there or a submachine gun in my primary, and then like my secondary is like a elemental scout rifle or something like is what kind of like what I was doing. And it was interesting, like how I was kind of falling into that pattern. Whether that's good or not, I don't know. Yeah. I think uh, I was doing the opposite, where I would have like my long distance thing as my kinetic, and then as I got closer, I would switch to elemental and just like yeah. it would be a submachine gun elemental, and rah, yeah. you know. So it's uh it's interesting like those difference, like because I played two different characters. I played the warlock first, which loads in with a different like weapon. Yeah. What's um, the what's the exotic with that? So it's a submachine gun. Okay. Uh, pr- uh with uh, arc damage. That's awesome. Which is great. Like yeah. it, it felt really good. Um, and then I I played through the same thing with a a titan, and that what's, one. What's the so exotic that one was, for that? So the exotic for that was a primary auto rifle. Okay. But it was like a chain gun, and it would like oh, gradually nice. speed up over time. Oh, so it's like cool. kind of like the Suros in a way. Yeah. Um, it felt really good too, especially like the Titan Wall. The way that that gun worked specifically with yeah. the Titan Wall because it has ninety nine shots in it. Yeah. Before you have to change the clip. Yeah. But behind the Titan Wall, if you crouch behind it, it'll yeah. automatically reload you. That's cool. And so like I would just pop my Titan Wall pop up above it, empty my mag, mm. crouch down, I'm immediately reloaded, bop, pop back up and start unloading yeah. again. You know, so yeah. it's like it's it was like the way that that worked together with that specific character yeah. seemed very intuitive. Um yeah. and with the warlock, the the submachine gun, I don't know how mu- how intuitive that was. I guess you can get closer up with uh with your warlock, but cuz the recovery is good, but I don't know, I'm going to have to going to have to think through that one through. It wasn't quite immediately like, "Oh, I see what they're doing." Yeah. Let's talk about the classes for a minute. Like um 
so the hunter has two different classes in this beta. Mm-hmm. Um, the gunslinger and the new one, whatever, arc, arc staff or something like that, whatever it's called. I'm going to pull them up. Um, and it's basically arc blade, only you have a staff now, you know. The only difference is, like, arc blade, blade would, like, if you were, say you jumped in the air, then it would, like, dive bomb and hit, yeah. like, target people. Mm. This does not. Mm. It, you basically stay on the same plane. So, like, if you want to hit someone on the ground, like, after jumping in the air and hitting someone, you've got to wait for yourself to float down and then get them. So I'm not a huge fan of that necessarily. Uh, I think there's some kind of like slam maybe you can do, but I haven't figured that out. With your, uh, with your, yeah. your I, hunter? I, I just, I just kind of remember. Interesting. I thought I remembered that, that happening in one of the videos, but maybe not. I haven't done a whole bunch of investigation into that. Um, and then the Titan, what are the two classes they have for their supers? So they're called different things. Like they're they're they've renamed them, but there's basically the the arc one, which is the Titan Slam. Yeah. Um, and you can do it multiple times. It's not just a one big slam kind yeah. of thing. I think you have like four or something like that, depending on uh, depending on how quickly you can use them. Um, they work really well with like up close enemies. You're harder to kill whenever you're in that. Like mm-hmm. you're electrified. It'll leave like an electric shock on the ground, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So that's really cool. Um, it was very much my favorite for PvP. Like for PvP, like that was the one. Yeah. Um, then the other one is like it's the Titan Bubble. So it's yeah. the uh, but it also that one is the most intriguing one for me for uh, PVE because you can do the Titan Bubble where if mm. you hold your super button down, mm-hmm. um, you can't like shoot or anything at the same time. But if you hold it down, it'll put a Titan Bubble around you. Actually, yeah. you can shoot after that. And then like so, it takes a little bit longer to form. Okay. But it'll form above you, and other like players can get inside of it and that sort of thing. And then you can kind of move around in and out of it. Yeah. But if you just tap your super button it gives you a shield mm. and you are now like an offensive person. And mm. so you can just run around and like jump into other enemies. You can throw it and it'll, it'll bounce off around to like crowds of enemies. So it's like that one literally can be an offensive and a defensive thing at the Which same cool. exact time. And then the warlock is the, yep. there's, there, what are the, what are the specials? So there's the uh, the the normal void one where you throw a big oh, void yeah. ball that yep. was, that behaves a little bit differently rather than throwing, like jumping up and throwing down. Yeah. It, literally just goes wherever your reticle is so it just goes okay. straight and it's immediate and it like fl- goes really slowly but then once it hits something <laughs> it'll like start causing damage and breaking him to pieces yeah. and it'll like damage like large groups of enemies i missed the the final uh strike boss with it like three times and mm. it was so frustrating anyway but that one is is uh is really nice the grenade though mm-hmm. in that class is so powerful. You can literally charge up the grenade. Like mm. if you hold the grenade throw button, mm-hmm. um, it'll go through another uh, animation. Takes longer to throw, mm. but it'll charge up, and then you release it, and it'll throw it into a, a group of enemies. If it hits a group of enemies, it will not only damage the immediate area, keep a like an orb there damaging them, but it'll break into pieces and it'll it'll shock them. Essentially, it's like a mini super. Yeah. Um. So overpowered right now. Yeah. But. So helpful. Um, on the the big change for those subclasses for the warlock is on the uh, the sun singer. There's no longer yeah. a sun singer. Right. Um, it is the uh, what is it? Something blade. Oh my goodness! I'm trying to find find the names of these anyway but you have a sword rather than um being able to throw grenades like and it doesn't self-revive you um instead you get the third ability which everybody has um i already mentioned the titan wall you can Mm -hmm. throw up like a Mm -hmm. uh, a wall that'll keep the damage from coming at you um the warlock ability yeah is a pool of like either healing or it'll uh, buff your damage. Right, right. And so I think they that's the kind of middle ground where like we don't want to self revive. Right. 
but we want you to be able to heal. And so it'll not only heal you, but it'll heal your teammates that are in it. Couldn't quite figure out exactly the the best way to use that one right. yet. So that'll take some thinking. Yeah, that's what's interesting is like, um, so of all the the classes, so I was playing as a hunter, like the there's the abilities. There's the wall for the Titan and the healing pool for the uh, warlock. And those are all locked. Those don't change whenever you change between classes, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the hunters is like this dodge roll that automatically reloads your weapon. Okay. Literally the worst. Like, <laughs> I used it like maybe twice, and I'm like, this doesn't. I mean, so that's what you do whenever you press B. Yeah, you reload your weapon. You you roll like dodge to the left or right, whichever way you're pointing, and you uh, reload your weapon. So I can understand how that might be beneficial in Crucible, like PvP. I used it once, but in PVE successfully. But in PVE, like in what in what circumstance are you really like dodge rolling away and need I, to, I did it know. a couple times whenever like the uh, those gladiators and the like little wolf monster things were like just swarming you know in that in that one section of the strike yeah uh, but other than that like yeah there's, there's it's just it's kind of dumb and like both the other ones like where it's like okay the titan you know I can get behind it it's, yeah. they're very defensive it feels like yeah. same thing with the healing um or uh, the buff, I guess that's offensive. The damage but, buff is is offensive for but sure. I, so I, I would say, like in terms of like, okay, what's most beneficial in battle? Like Titan <laughs> is obviously number one. Like yeah, a wall, yeah. like that thing sucks to go up against. Oh, it does. Um, the the warlock thing, like okay, cool. I healed a couple times with it uh, whenever I was playing with some warlocks. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, but then like the 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 hunter, I'm just like, why? What did you guys do to the hunter? You made this like a worthless class. That's kind of a bummer. Like I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see like what the, uh, what the original intent for that was. I know. Well, because like it's switchable. Like there are there are two options for each character. And I, like even, but a, a, like the role, like that doesn't seem like there's like even a different option. Like because like the the Titan uh, shield, right? There's the full body kind of a shield, right, right, right. Um, and that's literally just offensive. Like you can't do anything from that. But then there's the kind of like waist high one. Yeah. That's the one that if you crouch behind, it'll automatically yeah. reload your weapon. Um, and so you can kind of like pop up and down, pop up and down. If you aim down sights, it'll automatically push you right. above that, and uh, and that sort of thing. But I need to play with it a little bit more, but I think it was like it either reloads your weapon whenever you roll, or it um, it does something else. It's it's like it's, a it's, it doesn't help your team at all. No, like it's, it's, just it's all like yeah, and and like honestly, like it just kind of like made me be like, okay, like why do I want hmm. to use the hunter? My favorite class from Destiny One with the hunter was the arc bow. Yeah, and you could um, use that. That was largely, I would say. Oh, you a, mean a, the uh, what was it? The void. It was the, it was the void. It was void. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. not arc bow. Yeah, void. Like I forget what it was called. Void walker. That was the class. It wasn't void walker. It wasn't. No, it's like that, that's the that's the that's the warlock. Yeah, that's the warlock. What anyway, it's so one with the with the with a bow and arrow. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's void, and um, it can either bind enemies to one spot or just like completely take one out and bind people to that spot. Like it was very, it was both offensive and defensive at the same time. And I, yeah, like once you got that, it's like, well, I don't need to run gunslinger anymore because yeah. that's largely offensive. I don't need to run arc blade unless I'm in the crucible mm-hmm. um, because that's largely offensive. Um, and I don't like getting that close to enemies in PVE. Yeah, um, the sometimes if you want to do a lot of damage, like if you were on like Crota or something like that, you'd, you'd use gunslinger. But other than that, there's no reason to. Yeah. If you um, had, if you had, what was the, uh, where it would take all three shots, put yeah, the damage yeah. into one, like for the you, oversoul. Yeah. Uh, Oh, you mean the, the P the exotic gear. Yeah. There yeah. was a piece of exotic gear that would totally do that. It was awesome. Um, 
but the yeah, like the arc blade or not arc blade. Why do I keep want to say that void blade or something? Anyway, whatever it was, that was the best. And yeah, I, I wish that they would like just include. Hey, you have all the abilities from Destiny One, but also yeah. And I guess that's another reason why to hit the reset button is if they're literally just like, oh, we need to we need to do away with all of the the specials that we had before, yeah. and start start new. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to get used to it and find out like exactly what the what what the different combinations yeah. are. Um, I enjoyed myself. I was talking about the Crucible. We mentioned the Crucible yeah. a little bit. Um, I, we enjoyed ourselves. Uh, that new one, Countdown. That was hard to get the hang of, dude. It was really hard. We to were get kind the hang of getting the hang of it after like the maybe fifth round or the fifth uh, game of it or something. So but. every game that we played, we at least won one round. Yeah. Um, and like on those rounds, you feel like the best. Right. The rounds that you like win, you're definitely like into it. But yeah. it's like, I don't know. Like it was, uh, it was hard to fi- figure out like how the four people should go. Like if do you yeah. all go one place, do you split up? And it's like, cause if they all go one place and there's only it's four V two, then it's like, well, obviously there's going to yeah. be somebody there. But then if you all go to the wrong place, then it's like, well, now you're on the, on, on the defensive. And yeah. so it was, uh, it's a very strange, it's almost like, uh, the bomb in call of duty, like where it's permadeath where it's like, Oh, if you die, you're pretty much out. I think there's a, a countdown. So you yeah. can be revived in this one, but it's like 20 seconds or something you yeah. know, ridiculously long. Um, but like you're going to equip a bomb and the other team is trying to defend the bombs mm-hmm. or defuse the bomb once it gets placed. So I don't know, man, it's uh, it's I feel like that one could be really fun. Yeah. But you almost just have to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how it ends up whenever the, you know, the actual game comes out, like whenever, you know, the, they introduce things in first Destiny, like Rift or something like that, where it's like uh, or the one with a ball. What was that called? Was that Rift? Uh, I think that was Rift. That was yeah. Rift. Uh, that's what I meant. Um, the uh, or capture the flag. That's what I was thinking. Rift yeah, and capture yeah. the flag. Very quickly, you get the hang of it. You're like, okay, I can d- I can figure out how to win at this. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, I don't know what we're doing wrong. You know, like yeah. And then like the search and destroy thing in Call of Duty was always way harder for me than just li- normal. Yeah, ones. and it was, I mean, it was one of my least favorite modes for sure. Yeah, and I think like, but the the most important thing in those modes are to know the map. Yeah. And so going in with the beta, where it's like, I don't know this map True. at all, and True. I'm, and every single match I'm getting against people that do know the map, they've probably been playing yeah. this all day, if not on other platforms or anything, you know, yeah. whatever. And so, uh, so very rarely did I ever have, you know, go up against somebody where it's like, they, they obviously know this yeah. far better than I do. So. Control, however, was a lot of fun. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. And that's always my favorite game mode, either control, you know, on destiny or domination yep. on, uh, um, call of duty. The, the thing that I think impacted the, the game the most though, was four V four. Yeah. And honestly, I was I was skeptical going in. I was like, "Is this gonna feel good?" You know, yeah. like I wasn't necessarily a fan. I how hardcore three v three felt in Trials, right? Um, in the first game, and uh, but at the same time, you know, like six v six is sometimes like super chaotic. Yeah, this felt manageable. Yeah, it's it like did. I, you know, like whenever you're in control, it didn't ever like. There was a couple times where we dominated or we're we're dominated by the other mm-hmm. um, team, but like. It, as a whole, it felt like you were always like, okay, well, we're going here. Hey, they're here. And, and the thing is, like, if you see two of them, like, 
you got to realize instead of that being a third of the team and the majority of the team is somewhere else, that's half the team. Yeah. This is manageable. Like, or you yeah. realize, hey, hey, there's three guys on B. That means maybe the one sneaking around, but hey, you can go take something else. You know, yep. like I loved the flexibility that 4v4 gave you to kind of move around the battlefield in a, in a better way. And this is only one map. And so like, but that aspect of it, this map specifically, yeah. it's asymmetrical, which is, is right. Bungie, you know, true to Bungie, but it felt very balanced where like, yeah. even if you, you get swept and you just, you, uh, you get rolled by people, you spawn within a few seconds of being in a capture point. And so like that helps a lot because it's like the spawn points then are, are manageable because like, Oh, I can just step over here. Like, sure. They have two points, but I can just step over to this other one and start capping it. And so like there was constantly rotation going on where it's like, Oh, well, you know, they're spawning in our spawn. And it wasn't like a a hard, like that spawn, this spawn, it was kind of like a a cycle and it was always, it always felt balanced to me. I never got spawn camped, spawn killed. And even if somebody was running around and where your team is spawning, yeah, chances are they're they're like you're two people spawn at the same time and you can take them out immediately right. it doesn't feel like a uh, a true like spawn camp situation yeah and like I, I forget what they did a time to kill but it, a time to kill actually felt really good it's way higher than it was in original which, destiny which i love like i mean you know me i'm yeah. more of a twitch kind of gamer even though in my old age in terms of gaming you know goes like i'm not as fast as you know a you know 20 year old but <laughs> um twitch twitch shooters are my preference yeah um rather than like strategic hey i'm gonna work the angles you know like yeah, yeah. i'd rather just like run around the corner and shoot somebody yeah, yeah um and so like that was working i feel like to my benefit and it actually made it more fun made the game more like faster yeah um while also like r- making you still feel like you had control of some things yeah like even if somebody got the drop on you you still could outmaneuver them yeah like because because they would take your health down like even if somebody melees you right yeah it takes like two or three melees to really uh-huh. actually kill somebody like it doesn't it's not an insta kill anymore yep. um same with uh with grenades like i stuck people with grenades mm-hmm. and it would take their shield almost all the way down yeah and so it's like even if you if somebody gets the jump on you sticks you with a nade hits you with a melee out of nowhere as you run around a corner or something like that like yeah. i still could maneuver my way out of the situation and if i couldn't it was either lag or, or i just failed like they were yeah. better than me and yeah. so obviously like it kind of lays it down there where it's like this was your fault yeah you know it's like i never want to feel like oh man they just gamed the system because there's a one one hit kind of a kill situation well and they also increased the time it, before your shields recharge correct yeah and so like that was helpful as well like instead of like i always felt like in in destiny one and crucible i would you know shoot somebody their shields would go down i get them really really low and then like they'd run off and i'm like by the time I get to them, their shields back up. A couple times, man. Yeah. Like all I had to do was stay on them. Yeah. Um, and eventually they'd either like run into either their team where they thought they were safe, or they'd run into like the other side of your team, or so, or get stuck somewhere, and you're just like, okay, well right. I'm gonna kill them now. Right. Um, and or you just like had to have like keep just getting a couple shots on them. Yeah, just kind of keep it. Keep it down, keep it down, keep it down, yeah. gradually whittle it away. And I never, like, once you kind of get used to it yourself, you understand, oh, okay, that's how long it's taken me to recharge. Right. And you kind of adjust. Yep. I don't think, like, I think it it really may, only made a difference whenever it's like you're, you're t- chasing somebody down. We'll see how that ends up shaking out because I feel like in a lot of, like, with Destiny 1, a lot of the gear that you got kind yeah. of fed into the whole, like, oh, if you get damage on someone, your recovery right. starts immediately. Or if yeah. you get a kill with your grenade, your recovery will start off. Even with, a, what was it, the uh, there was a gun, mm-hmm. the Red Death, where if you got a, got a kill with it, your regeneration would help, like, start immediately. So, yeah. like, if you got... 
you essentially were going to trade with somebody and they killed you like within a split second and immediately you're not trading anymore they're surviving so like we'll see what ends up happening with the final game with the final like guns and, and gear and things yeah. like that um something else that was interesting about like the gear for me was the uh, ability to swap out the different like like each character had a different type of thing where you had okay this is mobility resilience yeah and uh recovery and you could kind of customize a little bit within that range but it was definitely within like a smaller range and each character rather than it being like oh titans are always xyz like yeah. hard to kill this way or whatever it felt felt more unified amongst uh like if you were a hunter you weren't as squishy as mm -hmm. as you maybe were in the first one you know that sort of thing. yeah which i actually i love that um and uh i think like that helps balance the 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 playing field as well. Right. Um, the things like whenever it comes down to like class customization, I'm kind of like I kind of miss and I actually miss all the like different options. Like I know there were different like hey if you're doing this you run this way one mm -hmm. way you know like or if you're doing this you run this way yep. and I don't know that like in, in terms of game design that you can actually get around that ever yeah. you know where it's like there's always going to be the best way an ideal way to do X Y and Z yeah you know um, and so I wasn't necessarily bothered by that but what I do miss is like and I'm like I guess maybe it will come down to gear if those are perks on it like. Okay, your agility is like super high with this build. Um, that helps you on the platforming parts, and then you switch back to something else whenever you're going through this part. And yeah, I, certain certain places were designed for that. Like I'm thinking like King's Fall Raid, and you know specifically whenever you're doing all the platforming on those um, ships. Uh, oh man, yeah. Like you needed to just up your agility all the way. You yep. know. Um, that it doesn't feel like, and then I think they built that area for that, uh, with that in mind. Yep. Um, it didn't really feel like you had those kind of options. Or think about like the, uh, the, um, what was it in Crota, like the beginning part? What do they call that? Oh, the, uh, the pit or the abyss. The abyss. Yeah. Like in the abyss, like, okay, with, for hunters, you need to turn on, on all your invisibility options. Yeah. Um, and that's how you get through that right. easily. Those things aren't there. I think I'm gonna miss them. Like, I, in a way, I, I always loved kind of like knowing that, like, okay, whatever situation I get myself into, I can kind of customize for that. So I, I, I don't know if they're necessarily gone. There are, there are other things like in the, uh, in the, the character menus that aren't unlocked yet. Um, and I'm not sure like what those exactly will, will do and come to play with, with the rest of this. And I also feel like it's probably tied more to what you're wearing. Right. That's what I was going to say. That's, what, it I was, is that's your what I said. Character. You know, like, I think that's going to be relegated. If those are options on gear that you get, mm -hmm. like, Hey, this piece of gear is like the don't touch me is they'll help you through the abyss. But again, like I kind of liked having those uh, available, um, in my character. Well, and even at that, like, it come if it comes down to I don't want to have to go find four pieces of gear yeah. to traverse like this platforming part in a raid. Yeah, and you think about like in Destiny One, one of the frustrations, and this this is a worry that I have now. Now that you've brought this up with Destiny Two, <laughs> where like if you don't have X Y Z, don't even bother. Right, exactly. You know, and it's like yeah. I feel like you know if you don't have if you don't the, have the Galahorn, yeah, get the heck out of our raid. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like in this one, it's like if it's if it's tied, if if or the, even now the it's gear. Like, what is that? What is that sniper rifle they wanted us to have the other night? Like what are we running with? Oh man, the uh, the black spindle. Yeah, black spindle. Oh like, man, oh, I black don't have the black spindle. Amazing. Sorry. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but yeah, dude, like. So even at that, 
if it's like boots or something like that, we're like, oh, if yeah. you don't have the agility boots, <laughs> don't even bother. Yeah. Like I, the that magic flying me. boots. Yeah, it worries me. Which honestly, like there was that kind of with the hunter in, in Destiny, with the bones of Eo or whatever. Bones of Eo, yeah. Like I mean, but honestly, I didn't ever need that until literally the King's Fall raid the other day, where he's like, oh, if you have the bones of Eo, you can make this jump that no one's supposed to be able to make. Yeah, it makes like, it. Well, that seems stupid <laughs> in the first place. I'll just I'll just take the long way around. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, I hope that that doesn't happen. Like, I hope it, it, the uh, the the those options are readily available and like are everybody can kind of access them, yeah. you know, as as it goes. Yeah. But um, I'm having a lot of fun, man. I like a lot of the yeah, changes. I, do too. I like the that it feels similar, but not yeah. not you know whatever. For sure. Um, does it deserve to be its own game? Time will tell. I, mean, I think so. I think it's different enough, like where like if you try like again they could have done this in destiny one and i think like my only complaint is like things like the menu is like okay I'm, it sucks that this still works the same yeah and hopefully inventory doesn't work the same mm. um you wonder if if they they uh internally there at bungie like they had they said well we would love to do this but we can't because of the you know because of the previous interface like if they say that enough <laughs> like obviously they're going to be like we're doing a new game right. you know so yeah. like this is the game that potentially they might have wanted you know if they had known what they know now yeah so exactly oh and, and you know and, and i think like some of these this could be just problems with the beta or like things where it's like just like okay like the connectivity issues i just chopped that up to the beta. It's a beta. Yeah. Um, same thing with some of the loading. I'm kind of like, it's a beta. It's not optimized necessarily yet. And this yeah. is probably where they were, you know, a month ago at least, oh, you yeah. know. So um, I'm not necessarily like, or even at E3, like these are the same levels that they played at E3. This is probably sure. possibly the E3 build of these things. There was a couple of uh, really funny things that happened like glitch wise. Like there was a body that froze in the middle <laughs> of the air. Like as, as, as somebody shot him like in the, in the face where it's like, you yeah. know, like you know, he's getting hit, and it's just like his body just froze there. And I was like walking around and being like, That's "Oh, weird. this is really weird." I always love it when stuff like that happens. I think something happened like that um, whenever we were doing um, Sepkis Prime yeah. once, and we <laughs> all just like right. took a photo next to him, like this action photo. <laughs> That's right. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so awesome, bro. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to the actual game. I want to run through the story content now with the Warlock and Titan, so I can kind of experience those two classes and yeah. see the differences there. Um, and, uh, and then to keep playing, I'll, I'll probably play the crucible a ton more. Um, just cause like I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Like this is the, honestly the first time I've enjoyed the crucible. I always, I think I tolerated the crucible in mm -hmm. destiny one, um, where it was like, okay, if somebody wants to play it, sure. I'll play it. Or yeah. like finally, whenever I was like, well, I need to, I need to hit rank four in iron banner. I'll, I guess I'll just do this. Like I never, I haven't, I didn't do that till this year, you know, three yeah. years in. Um, but this like actually feels like multiplayer that I would play. Yeah. I mean, and, uh, it feels like I, I honestly, right now after talking about, it, I want to go play it more, which yeah. never really happened with the crucible specifically no. in destiny. I'm kind of like, so. like, uh, like without, it's kind of like, Ugh, last thing I'll say about the, uh, the crucible. I wonder how PC being introduced will actually like affect, uh, the, the, like player base. Um, I don't think it's, it's not cross play. No, it's not cross play, but I'm just wondering if a lot of the, like a lot of the, the players will switch to PC. Like a lot of the yeah. serious players will switch over there and it'll leave, you know, like what, what will the, uh, the Xbox and PlayStation four communities yeah. look like after PC is introduced? I'm not so. too worried about it. Like something I, I kind of find, um, interesting about like PC, players is that a lot of times they also own a console and they'll either buy the same game on PC and mm -hmm. console um, so that they can play with different friends and have mm -hmm. different like um, uh, uh, options there or nice. you know like 
the PC people who are playing stuff only on PC are probably like already playing stuff on PC instead of playing Destiny anyway. That's true. You know, I mean, I, so like you're thinking like, oh, they they're not necessarily into Destiny one as is, but they will be into Destiny yeah. two. I mean, we have lots of friends like you know Fultron who's been on on the show, um, Aaron who's been on the show. Like they both like they have a lot of PC games. They um, play PC and console, um, but it, like it never you know like. The thing I like, they're not the, they're not the typical what I call like PC. What you think of when you think of PC gamers, really, just like PC master race, PC or nothing. You guys are stupid for buying consoles. I'm just like, I hate that crap. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, sure, fine. I know I could do all these things. I don't care. I just want to play this on my TV, on my console, and not have to deal with it. You know that kind of thing. Like, oh, it's easy. You don't have to install drivers. Or I don't but care, Chris. I don't care. Your firmware. I, I don't care. I literally don't care. Um, this is, you know, so I don't, I don't, I just don't see it messing with the player base that much. Okay. You know, might have some like some Destiny hardcore people who are like, I want to stream in sixty frames a second always. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna revamp my whole setup, buy a new video card. You know, like hook it up to my TV. You know, get the thing where I can use my Xbox controllers. Whatever. Like, cool, fine. All that does is like it's just like another place to play. Like yeah. I don't think it divides the player base up that much necessarily. Yeah. Um, and and hey, if it takes some like super hardcore people out of the the PvP space, I'm cool with it that. It could do the opposite. I'm not it, just gonna get rolled. It could do the opposite as well. Like where it's like, oh, well, there's still the hardcore, you know, Xbox people. But we'll see. Like we'll see what happens. I'm I'm not like worried about it. But I do think like it'll be weird to it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Yeah. And to be fair. I'm not opposed to PC players. I love the fact that you love to game on PC. Just do it in peace and let me do my thing in peace. <laughs> I love it. All right, so uh, anything else? Final thoughts on Destiny 2? That's obviously a pickup. I'm excited. Like, I obviously pre-ordered we're it. buying it. I'm not going to cancel my pre-order based on this beta. I'm more excited <laughs> about it based on this beta. <laughs> what if you played the beta like canceling? I mean that's I, that's happened with games before. Like uh, you think about um, what, what was it? I don't know. Um, uh, was there a beta for um, Evolve? It was Evolve. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a uh, a uh, pre order for it, but I was about to. Yeah, you were going um, to. And uh, I played it. I'm like, nope. Yeah. I don't want to play this. Yeah. So I mean, it happens. Yeah, that totally happens. So Chris. Yeah. Dunkirk. Dun. No, wait. I thought we were going to do the news. We've got the news! The news! That's what I was trying to trigger. Just was, real just real quick. I was trying to trigger the news there, but uh, but but so I, I knew that something like that would happen. Um, the, the only piece of news we have is all Telltale related, yeah. uh, which uh, if you listen to the podcast, we, we reviewed. Did we review the Batman Telltale games or did mm, we just discuss that's them? That's a good question. I don't know. I think we just talked about it. I think we it. just talked Wait about it. Well, anyway, continue with the news. I'll tell you what. So the uh, the Batman or Telltale has announced that Batman Season 2, colon, The Enemy Within is going to be uh, coming out this year. I didn't expect it to come out uh, anytime soon. I don't know why. But it, like uh, last year, they debuted the Batman uh, Telltale series from August all the way through uh, December with uh, all five episodes somewhere within that, that span. This year, they're planning on doing the same thing. Sometime in August, the first one drops. Let me see if I can find the actual date on that. August 8th, so early August. And uh, and then hopefully by the end of December, the whole thing will be out, that sort of thing. Um, 
Very excited. We did about review it. It was episode one ninety seven. Nice. Go back and listen. Back to that in episode. February. Um. So also announced. Yeah. Uh, it was the final season of The Walking Dead Telltale. I need series. to catch up with. Uh, I haven't played season three, so. I'm very interested in the fact that they're calling it the final season. I wonder if they maybe will just start a new story or something like that. Like this one might wrap up after the, that. Yeah, because this one might wrap up the characters that have been in these uh, these shows, you know, or these uh, games before, and then they'll just like start another one because it's a big game for them. Like people love yeah. the Walking Dead games. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. To, like, um, I, and I wonder if this is what I wonder. Um, much like you know, say, uh, Netflix show or or some kind of like syndicated show where it's like like Game of Thrones or something. Well, that's a bad example because I feel like people catch up with that. Something where like not like maybe season three wasn't played by as many people because mm. they fell off after season one, or mm. maybe they fell off mid season two, or they just didn't transition from season two to season three. So where like I didn't, thing. I didn't, I didn't play season three yet. Yeah, and I, like this is a longer gap than it was between season one and season two. That's you know, so super interesting. Like yeah, the lost thing. We're like okay, well our viewership is just down. In order to save the show, we must end the show. Yeah, well honestly, that's what it will do. Is like it'll make <laughs> me catch up so I can be current whenever they. <laughs> do and I actually might I might just play the whole first season again. I might just because yeah. that was on Xbox 360. Yeah. I may just like transfer everything. I don't know if your saves even Xbox transfer one. between season two and season three. That's a good question. I don't I think don't... they do. Oh really? No, well, I really don't think they do. Decisions usually do. I don't uh, think they do. Really? That yeah, because it's ridiculous. a new main character. No, no. For season three, the most recent season that came out was it? It's a I new thought, character. Like Clem was still there. Uh, she's in it, but she is not. Anyway, your character, you are not okay. Her. Well, I haven't played mm. that yet, nah. so whatever you're speaking is blasphemy, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. So, like, well, you know, end the games, yeah, to save the games, end the game to save the game. Um, yeah, so, uh, excited about that. I can see them doing something else later, maybe not, maybe take a break from it. I mean, yeah. they've got a lot of games on their plate anyway, right Dude, now. They're like, I feel like they're always announcing another, another IP that they're doing, yeah. Uh, speaking of, they're mm. doing a season two of The Wolf or. A Wolf Among Us? The Wolf, the Among, Wolf Us? Among Us. Yeah, yeah I still haven't played that one yet. I have it on my console. I haven't played that or Tales from the Borderlands. That's sitting on my console. I think I got them. Wolf Among Us for free sometime. Yeah, we, we, I think Games we got both gold. those for free. Um, so I need to play through both of those. The one I'm most excited about is Batman. Because yeah. um, we reviewed that. Like I love where that ended. That was a cool, fresh take on Batman. Yeah. Um, super pumped about it. I, I hope that the engine is a little bit more stable. But aside from Probably that. won't be. Don't see, I'm gonna go up. in. I, see, that's the thing is, I I will go into this thing knowing that it probably won't be, yeah, and if, yeah, if yeah. it pleasantly surprises me, right. I'll be happy about that. But it, you know, I don't expect it to. No, it's gonna be janky yes. as I'll get out. It's gonna be awful. <laughs> that's the news. Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Um, spoiler-free impressions first, and then yeah. we'll. Oh man, my what did I do to my microphone just then? I don't know. Well, I don't know. That might have sounded weird. It might not have. You might be listening at home and be like, no, nothing weird happened. Anyway, Dunkirk, we're going to do some spoiler-free impressions to begin with. We'll yeah. do a spoiler countdown, and then we're going to spoil this thing. It's weird to talk about uh, kind of historical things and talk about spoiling them. Because, like, <laughs> you could kind of just... This is the thing. I don't think a lot of people know about Dunkirk, which, actually, if you want to check out um, a, another podcast about Dunkirk... Ooh. Uh, you can listen to it's Colin's Last Stand. Uh, I think it's one of the most recent episodes. Or talked about uh, what happened at Dunkirk. It's episode thirty. Um, he does a like a historical, political kind of current events kind of podcast. But 
Um, he used to work in video games. And, uh, um, yeah, it was a cool podcast that talks about it. You can link to it at standardtargetpodcast.com? I'll link to it at standardtargetpodcast.com. There it is. Um, so, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Uh, so, let's, there are several things I want to say that are spoiler-free. Okay. Um, I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. I really love the fact it was shot on a 70-millimeter film. I thought the whole thing was shot on a 70-millimeter film. No, like 90% of it was. Yeah. I need to watch it again to see how intentional it is because it was always two spaces. Yeah. And what I didn't really get, because we walked in a little bit late, but I saw these subtitles, but I don't really understand what they meant, um, was that we were dealing with two different timelines here. Three different, no, 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 no. Two different timelines, but three different uh, Correct. positions. Yes. So two different timelines. I don't know if the different um, cameras were dealing with, like, was it, if it was associated with those two different timelines. I think it might have been, oh. You know ooh. what I mean? Oh, I see. Because, like, thinking about it, like, it could have been, and again, it could, could be completely wrong, could be completely random, like, yeah. oh, this is just the film we have today. Um or for pickup shots or something like that, you know, that they needed. I thought that originally. But, but then some of those scenes, I'm like, there's no way that this was a pickup. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, even, like, I think it was even specific, specific locations and specific characters. Yes. In those locations. Yes. And so, like, this is the thing. With Dark Knight and Inception and um, mm-hmm. Interstellar, yeah. the IMAX format felt more sporadic. And felt like it was more for like either a awe, like okay, we're gonna bust in and we're in China. This is know? a big moment. Yeah, he, you know, Batman's on the top of a building. Well, I, the biggest, like the one that I remember is the opening to Dark Knight where they rappel down onto the rooftop. Yes, you know, the Joker's crew. Yes, and it's, and it's, it's like, oh my it's goodness! Literally for the visual yeah. impact. Yeah, like of it just it. it shocks you how big that is. The other th- like thing is like okay. That we do this because we can't literally can't do this what we want to do with an IMAX camera because they're so big and heavy. Right. Well, now they've gotten a lot smaller. Yep. And a lot more compact, and so now you can do it. Um, and Film is still really expensive, though. So, yeah, but so like, but I f- this felt more intentional. Mm-hmm. This didn't feel arbitrary when they used well, film versus or. Uh, I, I don't know if it was. I need to go look and see if it was thirty-five millimeter or what they were using, but um, using IMAX format versus. 16 by 9 format. It's interesting, like, the uh, the actual, like, 16 by 9 format. Like, it, the the look of it, the grain, and, yeah. like, the color. Like, it was distinctly different and that's than just, the IMAX. Yeah. That's just a... That's, like, a quality that that film has in it. Like, what's interesting, I've noticed it wasn't as apparent in um, Dark Knight, but it's more apparent in, like, Interstellar that the the film that he uses that he switches between like it's like the same kind of I think he likes that film stock or he likes that look it's very like the blacks are really crushed there's a lot of contrast the colors are a little dulled mm-hmm. and what I mean it doesn't necessarily I wouldn't say it meshes it doesn't mesh well with the IMAX format necessarily um, jumping back and forth between them because it's dimmer I don't know there's just a lot of qualities about it um, yep. but the thing that I love is that it's still film. Yep. Like I love that it's not like, hey, we're jumping between digital and IMAX film, right. Or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, and and so along those lines, like the the this is a gorgeous film. If you have a theater around you that goes like has seventy millimeter film, you deserve 
to like you owe it to yourself to watch this yeah. in 70 meter millimeter film yeah um more so because of the the fact that it like there's more of it in that format mm-hmm. uh than any of his previous films like i would say like it, it i'm just as apt to see this again in that than i as i was with interstellar like, i definitely if not wanna, more i definitely want to see this again yeah in, um in imax yep. um yeah, like, and what's this is this was a different like in terms of like the 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 feel of it and tone and how it was um, edited and how they wrote the score. Like, this was a very like different piece of work for Nolan. Yeah, um, this didn't feel like a summer. This isn't a summer blockbuster necessarily. No. Like, um, even Interstellar, you know, like clocks in like two and a half hours. It's got this huge, you know, like. Score, um, you know, just unbelievable visuals. Like, there's, there's some cool stuff that's happening well, here. Well, and but... the sheer scope of that movie is still yeah. like, I mean, you think about a Nolan film, like, you think about, yeah. oh man, you know, um, I think the smallest scope that he did was probably The Prestige, you know, because it's like you have the Batman mm-hmm. movies, you have mm-hmm. uh, Interstellar where you're, sa- you know, trying to save a planet, and then you have, uh, you have, you know, the big dreamscapes within, yeah. um, oh man, losing my brain, uh, Inception. Yeah. And so, like, but this movie, like, it's like, sure, it's it's a war movie. It's about yeah. uh, some, some events in the war, but it's not like... It's not like we're saving the planet or we're entering someone's yeah, dreams no, 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 or something crazy, like, well, you know, conceptual. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not conceptual. It's not like one of these crazy things, like, you you know, like, yeah, like an inception, like you're saying. There's not a sci fi element to it. I think at that, all. The, that, like, that element kind of still enters in, like, we can talk about this in the spoiler section a little bit more, but, like, enters in to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like, okay, I got to figure some things out here, and I loved that. I'm talking more like, you know, this is this is more straightforward filmmaking. Yeah. You know, like, most of this seemed like it was practical um, effects. I was listening to an interview uh, before I got got up here to do, and they he said that everything in there, he's like, you know, we supplemented a little bit. He's like, but we did like a lot of, if we could, like forced perspective type stuff. He's like, yeah. but pretty much everything that we did was based in some form of reality. Like there wasn't like a CG, like an all CG thing. He's like, right. we had thousands of extras. We had, uh, you know, real explosions and all these things, you know, so it's like, yeah, you yeah, think the, you're the right on there. real planes flying, you know, like... That kind of stuff. Yeah, it's and not. Real yeah. ships. It's definitely like, it's definitely all there. Like, it's not real like there's water. CG going on. Um, and, and in terms of, you know, like, it feels like, I think that what was cool was that he took a very, like, large abstract concept of what happened at Dunkirk and personalized it in some really cool ways and um, gave you uh, different perspectives on it at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, I say, like, definitely go see this movie. Um, another thing, one thing before we go, well, just like if we run down, cinematography is great. The music was super unique yeah. and super specific for this movie, and I loved it. Like, I loved how this kind of fit the rest of the movie. Hans Zimmer did the score. Yeah. Was the uh, the only thing I, like, the only question that I have after our viewing was yeah. maybe our sub was too loud in our theater. Like, there was a few moments where, like, they would, like the sub was going crazy, but I thought, like, that built the tension. Yeah. Like it really helps. I mean, I don't know, man. You know my stance on Nolan. He has this weird thing about how his movies are mixed, right? Um, and everything always feels like that. Interstellar, yeah, Interstellar feels felt like, like that. that. Dark Knight always feels like that. Like he doesn't even care if you hear the dialogue half the time. It feels like, <laughs> yeah. And and like both with Bane, yeah. You know, like how he acted. Like with that, there's some pieces in Interstellar you just cannot understand what the heck they're saying. Yeah, because the the score is just so overwhelming. same thing here. You yeah. can't understand half the time. Like yeah. And, 
again, I feel like it's just like a thing he does, and I don't like I don't know necessarily the thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like there's just loud things going on, and someone's having dialogue. I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand a word they're saying. So what was the the movie? Okay, so a completely different movie, but uh, the movie about Facebook. What was that? Uh, the Social Network. Social Network. Yeah. Um, uh, David Fincher did yeah, that Fincher one. Did that. Yeah, Fincher did that one. But like he, Fincher and like the the cast and they, whenever they were doing the press tour for that one, made a big deal about the scene in the club with Justin Timberlake, and it's like, oh, the music is going crazy, and you can barely hear the dialogue, so you kind of have to lean in and understand. It. It's like, oh, this is a cool thing, but like. That is nothing compared to a yeah. Nolan film where you yeah. can't understand the dialogue just, because the score is going crazy. It's just different, and it, like, and it, it, um, I don't know, like the fact that it's consistent over all his movies, yeah. to me indicates that he has a thought process and, and reason for it, mm-hmm. um, and it's very intentional. Yeah, I just don't really know what that is, and I would love to sit down with him and talk to him one time. Yeah, um, about it, but. As audio engineers, though, it's always like I want to know about that. But you know, yeah, that sort of well, and that's and that's the thing. Like as an audio engineer, like um, uh, there's two perspectives you can take on audio. Where it's like uh, everything needs to be heard. And you know, like you just take this hardcore, like straight yeah. line. Like or it's like, well, if there's a reason for it, that's cool. Right. I'll do it this way. Right, I right, just right. want to know the reason. Yeah, give you know? me give me the art behind it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, I'm cool with what he's doing. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I would just I, and I'm a cool with not knowing. Yeah. Like, but I would love to know. Yeah. What is the thought process here? I did think like numerous times in the middle of it, like I was like, if you literally just hit hit the mute button on what's going on here, yeah. it's like. This is kind of like there's no tension, blah, blah, blah. But like because like you know the context and because like you you feel that emotion of yeah. the, the the kind of droning mm-hmm. sub heartbeat type situation yeah. kind of thumping stuff going on, um, it builds this crazy amount of tension. If yeah. you've seen the trailers for this uh, leading up to it, like that's the tension that goes through the whole thing. Like yeah. there's <laughs> the whole movie. There's some moments of release, but it's like a lot of times it's literally just like a momentary thing and then it comes right back, yeah. you know? And so but like yet that it still has a really distinct cool. kind of score to it, which is cool. Definitely does. Um, before we move on, like just one of the last piece, like I, I, what I do like, um, appreciate about Nolan movies is like it's not only a visual experience but it's an auto audio experience as well yeah and in different ways you know like you think about like Star Wars The Force Awakens like that's a very like there's a lot of sound going on like yeah. the mixing's great and all the like, sound design I'm not saying sound never doesn't matter to other directors but it seems like Nolan uh, uses the way the mix and the sound of things as a storytelling device mm-hmm. more than other people. You think about like an in interstellar and the storms, whenever the dust storms are coming through and it's just like, this just howling, just like cacophony of sound. Yeah. Um, and like, then it would just like cut whenever you like, you shut the door or something like that, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, uh, kind of stuff is, is present here too. Yeah. Um, in both like the sounds of, the orchestra, but also planes and ships and gunfire, you know, like just whatever. And a lot of times the they'll merge as well, like yes. where like, you know, a sound effect, and I'll point it out here in a second whenever we get into spoiler territory, but like yeah. a sound effect that you know, like you know is, like it's the real sound effect. Mm-hmm. Then Hans Zimmer like has picked some <laughs> crazy thing. Yeah. That he's doing, you know, in the score, yeah, and they combine into something that is otherworldly and really more horrifying than either one independently. Yeah. I would say the the only other movie that does it better than than this one, like uh, in recent memory, uh, was Gravity, um, where yeah. it's, it's literally like 
uh, I loved the concept behind all the sound in that, where yep. it's like, you know, uh, you only heard sound if they were touching it, you know, like, because you only f- feel vibrations in space. You don't mm-hmm. hear sound. And so the the orchestral score was providing, you know, the hits things together, which is super cool instead of sound effects. Like, that kind of stuff, super cool. Like, I uh, this is a step down from that, but equally as impressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Acting, great. Phenomenal, yeah. Um, Another thing, like I don't know, if this spoils anything, but like you know, it's it's like six minutes into this movie before you hear dialogue. Yeah. Um, and there's not a ton of it. No. Um, super well acted, and I feel like that's kind of a telling sign. Like, man, like if you are an actor, and you can you can convey emotion and convey um, uh, action, what you're doing, and motivation. Yeah, motivation with just actions and expressions. Um, you're you're doing a great job. Yeah. Agreed. All right, dude. Are we uh, we ready to sp- say see this, don't see it? See it, definitely. I mean, I, I kind of already gave it away whenever I said see this in IMAX. You know, Everyone so should go see this. Literally worth the uh, the 20 bucks, 25 yes. bucks, 30 bucks that you're going to spend to see Plus, this for a ticket to see it, this in IMAX. Take it from me milliliter. as a historian. It is important to see these types of things. Um, I don't know if there's, like, we can talk into it. Like, there's not, like, this huge, like, lesson I want you to learn from it. But it's cool to um, remember, like, this is just, we're so far removed from World War II right now um, in our history. Um, to the even the extent where, like, a lot of people who were alive during World War II, like, I, you know, within the next, you know, 10 to 15 years, they're going to be gone, all of them. Um, and so, like, to stay connected to these points in time, like, this isn't just uh this isn't just something that um, a story that someone told. Like this is real. This happened, and it's it's important to to learn from history as well as like uh, apply it to our daily lives. Agreed. Yes. All right, dude. So we both say see this. We both say if you have the chance to see it in seventy millimeter, go see it in seventy millimeter yes. IMAX film. It is worth that experience. Uh, yeah. Yep. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the spoiler clock is a winding down. I'm really interested to see what you're going to spoil on this thing because I, I have no idea. Um, but it's winding down in five, four, three, two, one. Throw out a spoiler. Tom Hardy's character is captured by Nazis at the end. <gasps> I mean, yeah, like, I, like <laughs> this. It's a weird one because, like. Ever as tense as it is and stuff like that, it's it's it's, I don't know. It's not like you can spoil much of it. Yeah. So um, the personal aspect of this movie is what impresses me. You know, yeah. you take again. I said it before, but you take something as abstract as like evacuating three hundred thousand people from Dunkirk, mm-hmm. and bring it down to a personal level. And see how it's not, it's not like you're and, and we're not dealing for, at it from top down. Like the highest that we get are like the, um, the commanding officers on the beach. Like we're yeah. not, we're not in Winston Churchill's, nope. you know, office talking like, well, get these boys out of there. You know, like there's, we don't see any of the decisions made really. Right. We see the results of the decisions on, um, the soldiers and on the civilians and the boats, like, and that's what feels real to me. Like, cause like you and I, you know, we don't, we don't hear what happens for say, you know, like in the white house, we see, we feel the results of things, decisions that are made elsewhere, even in our, yeah. even like, uh, unless you, um, uh, like in my job, like I don't necessarily see the decisions being made higher up 
from me. I, I see the, the, the results of them or yeah. the, I feel the effects of them. Well, and then like in this situation, like specifically the context of like, they had that conversation, you know, I guess within the first act or so, like where you, I've just been like riveted to this story and watching the story and thinking like, you know, like what, what is it? What are the people thinking? What's happening? Yeah. Like yeah. what, what is happening at the top? Because you really do want that context, yeah. but like none of these, these soldiers have that. No. And the only reason we get that is because one of the characters is hiding underneath the deck mm-hmm. and it introduces the kind of middle management kind of guys who are out there like organizing things. And even they don't have any power at all either because no. they're just waiting on ships to come in. Yeah. They can't make the call. And um, so, but we do find out from that conversation that like Winston Churchill's like, okay, all we want to get out of there is 35,000 people. Yeah. That's it. And there's 450,000 of them. And it's like, what? Yeah. This is crazy. The, like, what I love about that is like, so you apply that to like you can, it just makes it more personal because like it's relatable. Like where it's like, okay, the only thing you control at that point is like you do the best you can do in the situation and you hope to make a difference. You know, you think about like mm-hmm. Tom Hardy's like character, like <laughs> man, like the, it's kind of the climax of the film, but like whenever he shoots down another guy after his like plane engine goes dead, yeah. it's just like he is just doing all he can in this crappy situation that he doesn't have any control over, you yeah. know? And like, and that kind of feels like that's war. Yeah. Like, um, Especially in something like World War II, where it's like this, is, this has gone on for so long yeah. and it's so uncontrollable, and you suffered a huge defeat. You're getting kicked off the mainland of Europe, and like, even your and even the people who are supposed to like be in charge and know what's going on, they're like, nah, only about you know ten percent of you are getting out of there, right? Or like that's that's best case scenario, you know, yeah. like and. Again, like things that, like you know, from a historical perspective, like the thing that people people lose sight of things, where it's like, well, you think about World War Two, and like you, they're like, well, best case scenario, we think we're gonna get this many people out. Like you mm-hmm. look at, you know, like whenever you do projections for battles, like you, no one in their right mind says, yeah, all these guys are coming back alive. Right. And so, like the impact of those decisions that are being made <laughs> elsewhere. Um, I think it like it, it makes me be like okay it is it's hard to make those decisions. I'm not ever going to like put on someone like hey it's easy to make decisions to go like send men off to die, you know. And seeing the actual results of that help you like put into perspective okay like that's how that actually like plays out. Right. Well, and even in this situation where it's like everybody was like oh you know we're defeated here and in in best case scenario like I said we get 10% out, mm-hmm. you know, or less than 10%. And uh, but in the end like whenever everybody bands together and like all mm-hmm. of those boats come in the the civilian vessels and everything like yeah. all is said and done we get the majority of of those those soldiers out of there you know yeah. 350,000 i think is what they said and again so. I, I love how like just like kind of normal that was not in the sense that that's a normal thing but like in that it, there wasn't like hey there's one civilian like it was just the way it's written there wasn't one civilian who like gets everybody like hey, let's go get the boats no no this is part of a plan yeah they're like well we need a we need a like the, we had already um, kind of commandeered all these ships. Whenever we need you, we'll call you. Well, they needed them, and so like they went and they performed their duty, yeah. and they made a difference. You know, yeah. like it's the ordinary heroes in this story. Like it, you know, this wasn't Wonder Woman. I loved Wonder Woman, but like this wasn't. No one in here was Wonder Woman. Um, it was everyone just doing their job slash their duty slash what was right. Yeah. Well, I mean, and everybody kind of like there was decision points being made yeah. like at any any turn. And so like that's another thing about the the intentionality of like these three stories. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like because there was other civilian vessels and it's like they kind of just show up there and you're like, well, we don't really know what they went through to get here, but we know what this one did. Yeah. Then you, you, you take that and you kind of like 
multiply that, you're like, well, if this person has this kind of a story, then what did the other boat have? Right. Like, I'm sure there was the same kind of story over there. Right. It's like this isn't this wasn't easy for anyone that mm-hmm. we saw, and so it's like you kind of just extrapolate that to everyone yeah. that you see, and you're like, okay, this is all this is all you know really hard. And then you have like those moments where it's like with these three stories, the way that they intertwined, where like. Which was really like the big reveal. Like yeah. that's the that's the Nolan aspect of this movie is like yep. that there like, that there's distinct timelines and yep. he kind of gives you that hint from the beginning because like one of them says like a week before and then the other two yeah. are like a couple hours before. And, I love like, that all he of did that, things. dude. Like it's really cool. Uh, I, 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 any other director would have just played this straight, you know, yeah. and I just would have and would have written it straight. Yeah, like here's what happens. Yeah, but uh, like but like whenever that first big moment where you're like you see the same thing happen from a different perspective. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, okay. That's happening. Then it happens on the third timeline, and you're like, "Wait a second. Yeah. Well, it let's it lets both things play out at once without like all of a sudden because like the 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 otherwise you're sitting on a beach for two weeks with nothing happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and also like you have like those moments where they can use the same action, like the same essential like sequence of events and you get to see it a second time and get a different perspective, yeah. but it's also used to like, it, like add some extra Which emotion and weight to it. remind me of the prestige, dude. Like, cause yeah. you would see this thing, you're like, oh, that's when that happened or yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that's really how that worked. You yeah, know? but it wasn't all in one big reveal at the end yeah. or whatever. It was literally just like these small little moments where you're like, oh man, and I don't, that's okay. So that boat was that boat. Cause like you realize like, the one the the boat that they get on, you know, and it's like, oh, that looks really familiar. Yeah. But then you realize, like, wait, it's the same one, yeah. and it's just drifted this far from the shore. Well, and the it's thing, like, thing is, I don't think that like it was, and he didn't he didn't rely on that as the storytelling. Like the prestige is good because like the, at the end you get this huge twist. It's, it's like you know, uh, it's like uh, Fight Club. This huge twist at the end, or you know. Uh, Six I, see, I see dead people. Yeah, huge twist at the end. That's what makes that's the hook that makes the movie good. Yeah, yeah. and then you say, like, I want to see it again because like, I can't figure that out. Um, but he doesn't rely on that. That's not what makes this movie good. It's just no. like an extra storytelling mechanic that he uses to get to where he wants you to get to emotionally yeah. and with the story. And I guess like the only and it was definitely a choice. Like specifically yeah. with the one that started like a week earlier or whatever, like that. Right. Like that storyline. Um, passage of time. No idea. Yeah. Like, no idea. Well, like, and eventually, like, the, the, uh, he uses he uses night to to indicate that, like, okay, the time is passing faster yeah. here than yeah, yeah, in yeah. the other one. Um, but other than that, no. But, yeah, you still don't get the, like, oh, man, you know, how much, like, you just don't know how much time. You don't know how yeah. long these people have been trapped in together with these things. Like, you talk about, like, they, they have the three-hour uh, timeline at one point yeah. and the six-hour thing. But it's, like, other than a couple of small moments, you really don't get the yeah. passage of time. And I realize, like, that also plays into this whole, like, I've got to get out, I've got to get out situation yeah. um, that you have going on with all of these, you know, hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Yeah. And so, I mean, it all plays into it, but I will say like, there was a couple of moments where I was like, when are we with like, right. how, how imminent is this with the, uh, with specifically the, the, the first crew, the, the one, yeah. uh, the first storyline. Well, and like the, I, I think he, like he, and he keys you into like why things are happening the way they're happening as well. Like without there being this big, huge explain like thing where you explain things where like, okay, you find out, okay. Cause eventually you're like, why, have they not just been wiped out on the beach? Like, well, they stopped because they're going to let them get taken out by air, but the French are holding them off. You know, like yeah. they're back there and we kind of dealt with them at the beginning. You know, and it's like you understand that. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. Um, and it was just like these little bitty things here and there that kind of 
clue you into what they're doing without having to over explain everything. Right. And I think like the fact that like you don't have um, very much dialogue that really was intriguing and it helped a lot of times like with like the visual aspect of the storytelling Mm -hmm. where it's like I, you know, I can just be sitting here watching this and I understand where we're at, what's going on. Um, And then, you know, you have lots of side kind of characters as Mm -hmm. well coming in and out. And it's like that, that have main con like big consequences for the main characters. But like, I don't know, like there was the the only other criticism that I'll have on the boat, the, uh, the dude they pick up first, Mm -hmm. right. That, uh, that pushes the, the, the kid down the Mm -hmm. thing and he hits his head or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that character, I felt like that one was like the, the oddest, uh, of all of the characters to me. Like, I mean, it was, it was okay, but it was like the, it was either, all this or all that. And yeah. I don't know. Like I, there wasn't a ton of like nuance to that character. Yeah. I don't know. If, uh, not, like the nuance, like I, I don't know if it needed to be nuanced. I think what he did was you saw how like shell shocked he was. And so whenever you, they start talking like about where guys don't want to be trapped inside the ship, you're like, well, I kind of like this guy was affected by it. So you kind of had that dread of what's about to happen mm-hmm. without having to have seen what happened. I think that's what kind of what that, what that kind of did for me. Like I need to go back and be like, okay, where was his ship in the, in the other timeline? Like well, the sub took it out. Right? Yeah. But did we see any of that? Like, that's the thing I did. We see any of that. And like, was I, that the ship that the sub took out? Uh, like the, the torpedo took out? Um, I mean, it's possible earlier yeah but i mean that was like that felt like that was right off of like locationally like right off of the dunkirk coast it did but that doesn't mean it was right and it know? could have drifted yeah. like i mean hmm, depending I, on the tides I just need to go back and look you know agreed like and that that was the one thing where i was just like ah, i feel like that guy was just kind of like oh it was just there and then all like it was the it was the weakest of all of the storylines yeah um, and emotionally, it had big consequences for the main characters because of that kid and like all of these things, and like right. that was really a tough, a tough thing. And uh, I don't know, man. It's it was just strange that like it was caused by a character that I I was like I don't know, man. Well, I, mean, I don't think you're supposed to like him. Well, I mean, I don't uh, know. If, I don't think you're supposed to like him. I just didn't know that I like you. Just don't. I, I don't know what to think at the moment. I just don't know how you play that character any other way. If he's like because you know like, if you're trying to if you're trying to address like. The, the emotional and and um, mental impact that war has on someone, you know, like using someone who's like that, who's gone through it and like, you know, like shell shocked yeah. by it. It's really the only way to do it. Yeah. Because, because the thing is, we're not seeing any of these other characters after the fact. And you don't have very much time with them either. Like, no. I mean, you can't, you know, you have, think about other other movies that potentially like have slow builds of like characters and then they'll do something dramatic or drastic yeah. or whatever. Or well, like um, saving private Ryan, you get halfway through and you know, like you, you're seeing the emotional impact that war is having on them. Right. And know? it's like that, that condensed into maybe what four minutes of screen time before everything kind of happens. Yeah. So, I mean like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, on a second viewing, I'll have to like pay more attention to that yeah. one. Um, I did. Lo- I mean, I loved like, but you know, things like whenever you get down to, to like the characters' motivations and stuff like that. You think about like the the guy who's driving the the boat. You know, you find out at the end. Well, he had a son in um, the uh, in the air force and who got mm-hmm. killed three weeks into the war. You know, like, and so you you realize, you know, that comment that he made earlier to the kid who ended up dying. Like he's like, we're going into a war zone. Like he's saying you could die. Mm-hmm. You know, and he ends up being right. And I think that's why he's not as up in arms and bothered. It's not that he wasn't bothered by it, but that he like he's like you know it ha- 
it was more, a it was a choice that the kid made too, though. I yes. mean, and like I think that's what the conversation um, between the kid and his friend was. Like he was saying, the kid was like, you know, I I didn't do anything else with my life, and yeah. this is what I chose to do with it, and I'm fine with it. You right. know, and it's like, and I, you know. Coming to those terms, like that's a really ridiculously like hard and mature and like strange thing to to come right. to terms with. But it's like came to terms with it. So. Yeah, when you think about, did you see um um what's the movie Mel Gibson directed? Um, oh uh, no, I did not. Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, yep, I did not. You know, and it's like you know whenever the character in, in that movie joins the army, like he his family is uh like they. They're pacifists, so they don't believe in like killing. And he joins he joins the the army, and, and like he's like, "What are you doing?" You know, like, and he's like, like his his sentiment was, you know, I, I don't feel right watching all of my friends go off and fight a war, and I do sit here and do nothing. You know, like, and those kind of things, like, um, those are things people talk about whenever you know, like, in oral and written histories from mm-hmm. World War II. Like, those are their their mindsets. And so, like, this kid who's sitting there being like, "What am I doing?" Like there's a war over here, and I'm not doing anything to help. Like I, those were those are real legitimate feelings people had, yeah. you know. And um, it's interesting to see it play out in that way, you know. And I think and the uh, the piece of that that I like, and then whenever his friend puts in the newspaper, he's a war hero. It, if you have given your life for a cause or for a country, like that's the biggest thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do any more than that. Yeah, you know. So it's like. Uh, you know, Honoring people who do that, like, is a noble thing, and I like yeah. that they called that out. I also like, you know, like, what I was kind of getting to before is like, they weren't going, they don't go into this blind. They know the risks. All these yeah. civilians knew the risk, right? Going into this, um, and uh, they called that out through, like, you know, and and they and they use their 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 um, their skills to to get them through it. You know, yeah. like, I don't know, like it was just a very well crafted storyline on was those personal motivational levels definitely definitely i mean and then i loved like the aspect of uh whenever you're just trying to get out of dunkirk like the, yeah. the fact that they failed like twice you know they, they bring the stretcher and it's like oh man this is a way to get past and then yeah. it's like nope nope off the boat you know and then you get onto another one you're like okay we're good and then that one gets torpedoed and it's like back to the coast mm-hmm, yeah and then you know you can you continue on throughout <laughs> that whole process trawler that gets shot up and- right and it's like these people like they didn't they weren't talking to the people from the top. Like they weren't talking yeah. to the, the even the, those people on the on the pier or anything. Like they're just literally just trying to get out of here. And especially like think about the uh, the the French uh, mm-hmm. soldier. Mm-hmm. And it's like they really did a great job of foreshadowing. Like where they're like, no, this is you know this is not a French vessel. This is a British vessel. Like you you guys can't be on this. Yeah, yeah. And all these things. And like so they they really early on create this this atmosphere of um of like. Self-preservation. And like, yeah. And it's like where, where almost like it's a, a uh, you think that he's a, like the person thinks he's a, he's a German spy. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever in reality, he's an ally. He's on your side. He's literally protecting like his, his people, like the French army are protecting the getaway yeah. of everybody here. And it's like, and in some so, sense he's just trying to get away. And, he, and the right. thing is, you don't know if he's a soldier or if he was a civilian, right. like that changed into some, some soldiers clothes. You just don't know. Yeah. And uh, some of that confusion I love, like yeah. throughout this movie, there's also just like, well, there's been decisions made from the top. You're just standing on a beach waiting to be picked up. Like the, it's like, you know, what the, else are you going to do with yourself for six days other than argue and fight? And you yeah, know. they. I mean, they call it the fog of war. You know, like, but they illustrate that very well. Like, into the, even like they're inside the trawler. This guy comes in. 
and he says he's the oh, he was the you know running it. He came to pick up guys and got stranded. But you don't know. He says he wasn't with the Germans, but you don't know. And like in the people are shooting at it, and it, those the people shooting at it for target practice could have even been your allies. You don't even know, like, right? You do not know, right? And it's just like all this kind of stuff. You're like and the same thing. Like you don't understand the like why did Tom Hardy's character instead of bailing out decide to land on the beach? Like what are the the plane? Well, the plane, yeah. And then but then he torches it. Like I don't. I, no, no, no. But that's why is so that if if he had if he had bailed out and the plane would have like crashed if. It hadn't been completely destroyed, it would have been in the hands of uh, the enemy. Maybe, yeah, like that's that's possible. Like uh, he could have also though flown it out, you know, like over the water and yeah, done the same true. thing, you know. Like, but again, you just don't know, yeah. like you know, like, all the all all the answers aren't there for you, and I like that. Like yeah. I like movies where it's like it doesn't. <laughs> spoon feed you every little bit thing right well i mean and i love like i said the foreshadowing with the like the the fact that they're having this argument with the the french uh army like as they're as they're standing there on the deck and they're like they sneak by or whatever and it's like that that whenever that big reveal kind of happened you're like oh man you know it's like you you literally just assumed the complete worst thing and it's like wow this is you know you don't know what's going on here it's like it's i don't know it's not the worst thing <laughs> He's not. He's not like a a uh, German spy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I it, so the way that everything kind of shakes out in the movie. Um, whenever those like the big moments for me were like the reveal of the timelines, mm-hmm. and were like the the ending whenever everything kind of matched back up, and mm-hmm. it's like we're now rather than having three distinct kind of stories going on, it's mm-hmm. one story in one location mm-hmm. with three different people, uh, yeah. or three different three different uh, factions here, and and yeah. uh, like groups of people, and so like I loved the way that that culminated um, yeah. in the end. Yeah. Something I'd love to know, like, and it might not line up. I don't know if it does. Like, I'd love to know if, like, um, whenever he writes that he has 50 minutes left of fuel, if if that if we have 50 minutes left until the end of the movie, hmm. like, that'd be cool to know. Interesting. Um, like, if it truly does time out. Yeah, like, if that times out in real time. Yeah. While everything else kind of jumps around, I don't know. Like that, the timeline kind of stuff. I want to. I want to know more about. I also like want to like. I, I I can't wait for the commentary on this because like even like between shots with the IMAX camera, things look different and they're colored different. And I'm like, what is the reasoning behind all this? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm thinking at the end specifically is a great example. Like whenever they are on the deck and um, uh, the one officer stays behind and the other one goes, and you see flip to a shot of the officer in the boat, and it's completely different like color than you just saw. And I'm like, what is the what is the thought process behind this? I just need to like analyze it a little bit more, I think, and just kind of like yeah. figure some of the things like that out. Definitely like a uh, qualities of film can, 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 uh, can affect that for sure. I mean, I, I definitely think like it was, there's a lot of intentionality, a lot of like sub text in to, to like yeah. the, the way that it was shot and the, the, even the, like the soundtrack and things like that, yeah. like those things. Um, the thing I did want to call out about the music, um, whenever the planes are coming in to yeah. like strafe, uh, whatever Hans Zimmer's like melody there is, because yeah. uh, like there is this definitely like a a melodic hook that happens every single time, um, combines in such a way with the engines as they are coming in mm-hmm. that it is chilling yeah. and really like crazy, man. And I think what's interesting about every single time they did that, everyone always like in the trailer they didn't do this. Trailer you would hear it and then everyone would kind of look. Mm-hmm. Everyone started looking first. You're like, I don't hear. Is someone coming? I don't hear anything yet. Yeah. Like what's happening, you know, cause and they never show it to you until like they flip it, you know, like yeah. whenever after you hear it, I don't know. It's, in, it's really interesting the way that, that they did that. I love the idea that like that, that portrays that they're so attuned to hearing mm-hmm. 
um, bombers come in and and you know fighters come in mm-hmm. that it's like wait okay and even like the on the boat whenever uh, the 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 the, the, the dad fighter. and son is are talking he's like he was identifying the planes by their sound yeah by the sound of the engine right and he's like oh you know that one that one he's like oh that one's a great sound you know that's Royce yeah, engine and, and he's like that's the best sound that you can hear out here yeah and then you know whenever later on the there's the the fighter enemy fighter coming mm-hmm. in and the son's like dad that doesn't sound like it. like that's not a that's not a Rolls Royce and he's like nope he's like that we're gonna have to do some craziness and that's whenever they do the whole thing but i mean man like (laughs) that was some intense stuff and some really well played like uh music yeah and sound effects and the way that it was it was staged that's the kind of stuff i'm just i'm just you know saying like people just don't think about that you know you don't think about like how visceral especially world war ii was you know like you're using you're you're trying to identify planes by the sound of their engine. Yeah, you know, that's insane. Uh, these days, plane, jets are so fast you can't. It's not like you can identify anything before most they of, get on top of you. Uh, most of them are going faster than the sound barrier, <laughs> yeah. so it's like you don't hear them until after they pass. <laughs> right. So. But then you know, back then, like this was like you, these are the things you do. You know, yeah. it's just super, super interesting. Um, and uh, talking about like some of the production. Uh, I love that the way that they're able to use IMAX cameras. And I remember, like, I watched a little featurette kind of thing where it was saying, like, it was hard trying to figure out how to get an IMAX camera in the, in the cockpit of a, of a plane and, like, mm. mount it onto these planes and stuff like that. And, like, he uses a lot of, like, mounted cameras in this, which mm-hmm. is interesting, he, which he hasn't done before necessarily. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely, like, a, a creative decision. But I love, like, some of the shots I love, like, not only the mounted on the planes, which was cool, um, and mounted onto, uh, like, the stretcher whenever they were carrying them down the the gangplank, but like mounted onto these ships as the yep. as they were tipping into the water, and it just like throws throws what's up and down and like left and right completely out of proportion because like you're mounted to this thing that's moving yep. and it's look like at some points is upside down, you know yeah. like. Well, that, was, then, that was cool. Like, I liked the idea that, like, that's how the, the like, you, you'd be so disoriented yeah. as that was happening. Because yes. literally, like, where do I jump? Like, you know? down becomes up at a certain point. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like the thing that you identify as down at the floor is to the side. And, like, you're, like, they're showing you know, shots of, like, people are standing on the sides of these yep. things, like, angles and, like, trying and to feel is, out the balance of it. You don't want to jump and get underneath it as it, you know, tips. So they're right. waiting to the last second to jump. And so, I mean, you know, it's just like all this kind of stuff. Um, I liked that as well. The, the uh, so in in the interview with uh, with Christopher Nolan, they were saying that the uh, the cockpit things um, that even though they weren't necessarily uh, like the two two pilots weren't necessarily together, like they would like have them on the radio, like they would mm-hmm. have them you know talking to each other still. Yeah. Um, and so like both of those like both of those cockpits like it's still them interacting with each other to get that yeah. real kind of feel. So it's not like oh you know, here's your line say that and oh, here's a, right. you know. so it, I think uh, it it comes off much more natural than like Star Wars cockpit chatter you know that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's it's really interesting. You have to send it to me. I'll put it in the uh, post at samtargetpodcast dot com. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to say about this movie. It's one of Christopher Nolan's shortest, and honestly, like by the time we get to the end, like it doesn't feel short, but you still uh, like I could watch it again. You know, yeah. like I could watch it again. <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it's emotionally satisfying. Yes, agreed. Like it doesn't feel like a like you and like I, a short film. And I love the like the, the the fact that he gets the newspaper at the end and reading you know Winston Churchill's thoughts about it. Like even though this is a military disaster, we are thankful for the like what they because they feel like failures, mm-hmm. you know. And then they realize no, like you're still like you're doing, you're defending your country and you and everyone's 
still proud of you. Like, yeah. even though in failure, we're proud of you. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, and, and then the person handing out the blankets, he was like, you know, we, uh, he's like, we just survived. Like, what do we do? All we did was survive. And he says, sometimes that's enough. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's, that's true. Yeah. I, I don't know why he was trying, like, I, I feel like they were trying to say something with the fact that like that kid went blind and he's blind. And then the other guys like he wouldn't even look at me. You know, no, I think I think that was just the misperception. And I read it as like it was just the misperception of like this dude feels like a failure. Oh, and so, and he so reads, he's reading this. He as... reads every single interaction that he yeah, has yeah. as they think I'm a failure too. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it's... like you know the truth was the that, reality situation. Yeah, the reality situation is that the the guy was you know he was truly saying he was honest in saying that sometimes surviving is enough, mm. and I'm proud of you for that. Yeah, and. You know, so yeah, I uh, that's what I felt like, but I didn't even think about the fact that it could parallel these two things. But I, yeah. I, I don't know, I don't know if it is, it might not be. I love it, dude. It's yeah. a good movie. A lot of things in this movie deserve a second look. I think I, I agree. I'm, I'm definitely amped to see this again in IMAX. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, that's it for this week. Well, we didn't um, rate it. Oh wait, well, what do we want to rate this thing? Starting. I don't know. I like this is this is the the hardest part of uh, of this movie for me yeah. right now. Um, I'm rating this a nine point five. That's that's kind of where I'm at as well. I think this is of all the Nolan movies, this has the least number of plot holes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely got the least uh, dreams within dreams. Yeah, yeah. You know exactly. Or or and uh, planets where time moves crazy. Yeah, or uh, or black hole bookshelves. Yeah, bl- black hole bookshelves. <laughs> that would be a great band name. Oh, dude, that'd black be hole amazing. bookshelf. Black hole bookshelf. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you at a nine point five. I. It's interesting, like how this will stay with me. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. We'll see where that goes. So. I mean, I love these kinds of movies. Um. And we haven't had like a good like uh, this is just a different take that I haven't seen before yeah. on like a naval film. Um, you know, you think about like things and Air like, Force too. I mean, like, like, and the Air Force, yeah. But you think about things like U five seven one or even the Pacific. Like, this is a different, completely different take on it mm-hmm. and and style of of writing this film and telling this story. I wouldn't have thought of it as a naval film, but I mean. I guess you're right. I mean, think of how much it had to do with water, you know, yeah. like this is a naval rescue. Yeah. And you have like, you literally have uh, even the pilot situation, like the, the uh, plane situation, like guy goes mm-hmm. down in the water and like you have to rescue him from the water. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it centers around the beach of Dunkirk really. Like, yeah. and, and the water, the, 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 yeah. You don't see any of the fighting, you know, mm. like the French are doing to hold off the Germans. You know, you're not seeing anything else. It's just it's such a self such a contained you know story. Yeah, it takes three those three different plot lines, those smaller plot lines, and weaves them together in such a way to make a way bigger kind mm-hmm. of point and narrative. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nine point five. <laughs> All right, so uh, next week uh, we are possibly um, reviewing the tower. There's also Valerian and the city. You mean Dark Tower? Dark Tower, sorry. The Dark Tower. Dark Tower. The Dark Tower. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Lights. That That's came out. out now. Yeah, that I know. So, so I'm saying like, people can tweet at us. <laughs> let us know at stayintargetpodcast.com or chris at 250 or John Wright 777. And let us know what you want us to do next week. If we get requests. I will not, however, do anything besides those two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you can find us on 
line at sandtalkerpodcast.com. Please go to your podcast service of choice and review us. Tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. We gobble up all of the stars, so give us five. Yep. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on Target. Target.